You're listening to Matrimony. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Chris. This show is about managing money. Happily ever after. Hey. So we're back. We're back. Hello. It was nice to have some free time back in our schedule. How long was our free time? um, I don't know. Two or three months, I think. I think think three months. Last we published an episode was April. Wow. We really took an extended break. Mm -hmm. It was nice. It was was needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And we had a chance to think about the format of the show, and we've made a few tweaks that... We hope you listeners will like. Let us know. Yeah, more scintillating financial advice. <laughs> now with 20% more F-bombs. That's right. <laughs> um, so thank you so much, everyone, for all the comments and emails telling us that you were excited for the show to come back. That just really meant so much to us. It did. Um, yeah. It was heartwarming. It was. So let's kick things off with our new top of the show segment, Status Update, where we each share a little bit about what's going on generally in our lives. Yeah. And part of this, I think, we'll be catching people up on our summer because yeah. um, a lot's going on. So my big status update is sort of the big thing, and we'll talk about it financially too, is kind of, sort of, I have a new job. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> Asterisk. Yeah. So I don't actually have a completely new job. I just have a new role Mm -hmm. in my current job, but it's a big role. And so I was asked to take on interim, I have that tag, interim director of the School of Nutrition and Health Promotion at ASU. And so it's a big job because we have nearly 80 faculty, like 5,500 students. And so it's a very large school, Mm -hmm. as large as some small liberal arts colleges. And so I'll be managing that this year. Um, We have a new dean coming in. There's a lot of leadership change. And so it was a big discussion for us when mm-hmm. we'll get into the details, but it, it means more responsibility, probably more meetings and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does mean something interesting financially too. So yeah. yeah, it's a big deal. So how are you liking it so far? Right now, you're only officially a week in, but you sort of got a running start by, you know, starting yeah. to prep and stuff early. So you're kind of two or three weeks in, but just officially one week. So how's it feel so far? So far, I love it. I dove right in. I've been meeting with finances people and curricular people and scheduling people and just learning the ins and outs of actually how the administrative side of a college and school works. And Mm -hmm. that's so different than what a faculty normally does. And I, I don't know, I really dig it. Like it's, it's cool to try to, first there's the strategic part, which will come. And so I can Mm -hmm. think about how to leverage the unit within the college in some way that can be more impactful. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. But then there's also just like the day-to-day management trying to help faculty mm-hmm. achieve their goals and setting us up so that our programs are meaningful to students and can be useful in the real world mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And I just feel like that's a really uh, fulfilling function to mm-hmm. try to serve. So, I mean, I may be only doing this for a year. I am interim. Yeah. They may hire somebody or it, we may be reorged in a different way. But mm-hmm. for the time I'm in, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So far, you've seen, even though you have been busy and having a lot of meetings and there have been you know, you're facing like some challenging stuff, you know, just having to deal with things you haven't had to deal with. And 
you're now getting to make decisions that you haven't had yeah. to make before, but it does seem like it's energizing you. And even though you're kind of dealing with this big stuff, it does seem fulfilling. So it's just been cool to watch you kind of go into it and, and feel excited about it. Yeah. I kind of wonder if some of our principles that we espouse on this show mm-hmm. <laughs> will bleed their way into my decision making for the school. <laughs> That'll be interesting. I'm a pretty conservative spender with my own accounts and right. grants and things at, at <laughs> ASU anyway, but to have this larger school account. Right. That now you're overseeing. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be a whole different deal. But but I think, you know, the same principles apply. Mm-hmm. You spend on your values and things that are strategically important and um, yeah. minimize your risk in the meantime. That's pretty much it. There so you go. that's what I'll do. Okay. So my status update is that I have had two extremely satisfying purchases mm-hmm. lately that I must share. Um, okay. So the first one is that I have this laptop computer. I have two laptops. I have a bigger one that like I'm using to record this kind of a powerhouse. From 2008. This one is from 2008? That's from 2008. Oh my gosh, it's so old. Okay, so then I have another one that I think is a 2010, also like a dinosaur. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old. I think so. (laughs) It's a MacBook Air, so Mm. super lightweight. But in recent years, it only has 64 gigs of storage, which I don't really know much about this stuff, but apparently that's very small. Mm. And even though I wasn't storing anything on it, it was just saying it was full. It was running so slow. It was unusable. So it's one of these things I feel that I don't know a lot about computers. So it just felt kind of overwhelming and I don't know how to deal with that. And so it just sat there and I knew I needed to do something about it. So finally, I heard that there was not an official Apple store near us, but one that buys and sells and repairs Mm -hmm. Mac products just right next to our neighborhood. So I went there. There was a guy who just, there was no one else in there. So it was so convenient. I just walked in. He immediately, you know, helped assess the problem. And then he ended up installing a new operating system giving me a new storage, 250 gigs, mm. and it was $100. That's which crazy. I had been looking at external storages and stuff, and I was thinking, okay, I need to be ready to spend like $180, which is also why I'd been putting it off because mm-hmm. I just, it's hard for me to spend money even when I know that I need to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so it just, that was so satisfying. And now it runs really fast and I'm going to be able to get, I hope, a couple more years out of it. It's just nice to have this really lightweight computer. I need to, I'm going to go to a conference soon for work so I can easily bring that with me, you know, for just for traveling and stuff. So I think, uh, I mean, rather than get a new computer, Mm -hmm. if you can, if you notice that you're, you have an older computer and it's doing these slowing down things, Mm -hmm. that seems to be a really great solution. So the one that you're on right now, the 2008. Oh yeah. Didn't you upgrade that storage? Yeah. I changed out the hard drive. It used to be like the standard, Mm -hmm. um, not solid state hard drive. Mm -hmm like with a spinning disc right. kind of thing, um, put in a, a solid state one terabyte and it just, it makes it like it's, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's got its quirks for mm-hmm. sure, but it, it definitely runs like a, a nearly updated computer. How much was that terabyte? At the time, it was like 500 bucks. Oh, wow. I mean, they've dropped, they continue to drop right. precipitously in price. And so and it's not actually a hard thing to do. There's just a mm-hmm. few steps and you can find it online. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, so for a hundred bucks, you get all this new storage and you have a fast light yeah. computer again that's right. or you could go spend like $2300 on a fancy new computer right. you know yeah it is it is just so frustrating i mean i know that they're you know quote unquote going out of date all the time but 
it just feels like they should be lasting longer, you mm-hmm. know, so it does feel good to just get a little bit more time. So then the other satisfying purchase that I had is that I have been surviving. This is just embarrassing. <laughs> I have been surviving with one sports bra, mm-hmm. one sports bra, and you guys. you work out a lot. And I work out consistently twice a week. So I'm doing laundry midweek and there's pro it doesn't really matter to me there's but if anyone were to notice what i wear it would be like i wear the same thing all the time mm-hmm. i have two workout tops base two pairs of workout pants but i prefer one so i'm usually always wearing those mm-hmm. and one sports bra <laughs> and but this is the thing i I like to buy good quality sports bras, so like $50, $60, because mm-hmm. they do last. Mm-hmm. I mean, this one has really? been lasting me for a long time. <laughs> but it's just, you know, they're um, Gretchen Rubin. She has all these different kind of habit characteristics and types. And she she says that people are either an underbuyer or an overbuyer. Mm-hmm. And I think I am definitely an underbuyer. I just, I put off purchases for nearly as long as possible mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a lot of times yeah, or just do. in you weird do. ways yeah um anyway i finally knew it was time to buy new sports bra so i went to lululemon this weekend and i bought two tell me all about it <laughs> i'm wearing one right now <laughs> anyway so those should last me for several years <laughs> Kelsey did not just flash me, although I wish he had. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> That's so good. that is my status update. So is the old one still in rotation? Do you now have three you can use or are you retiring? Uh, I think I'm still going to use that one. I don't well, know. I, you know. I got I to try it. I got to try it now compared to the new ones and mm-hmm. see how the support is. Yeah. Because that might be, I don't know, starting to wear out. We'll see. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So next up, it's home economics. In this segment, we will chat about how we've been spending and saving lately and might highlight something that's impacting our finances lately. So you want to kick off home economics? Yeah. So we figured we'd talk a little bit about our savings because um, for those listeners who are new or perhaps have forgotten over the past three months, we have a big goal. (laughs) And our big goal is to save Mm $100,000 in a Vanguard fund where we invested over the course of five years. And we're halfway in. We're about a a little over two and a half years now. Mm Mm-hmm. And that account sits at $49,500. All so right. very nearly halfway there. High five. High five. Okay, so we have been doing a pretty good job. And over the summer, we're able to contribute more to our savings. But mm-hmm. it wasn't all financial roses, so oh so to speak. Um, we have had some life happenings that have been very costly. Um, and some weird stuff. Just some weird stuff <laughs> in, in, in very short amount of time. So... At the beginning of the summer, right when we were starting to need to use our AC pretty heavily, we were noticing, man, it just doesn't seem like it's just blowing icy cold. In in our car. In our car. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, Just icy cold. Um, So, you know, it kind of took a week or so of that. We're like, okay, we got to get it into the shop. You know how it takes for a while for these things. Well, they said they thought it needed a Freon recharge and Mm -hmm. we paid $120 to $300. It was like $180. Okay. For that. And then it was blowing icy cold um, for a couple of weeks. For like a week. And then we went traveling to Austin. But before we went traveling to Austin, I got (laughs) rear-ended. Got rear-ended sitting at a traffic light. It was luckily everyone who was involved was fine. I had Cedric in the car, so it freaked me out. Mm -hmm. Um, And anyway, just luckily 
everyone was fine, but it was scary as any kind of incident with a car always is. And, and by the way, this was an uninsured motorist. Turned out to be an uninsured motorist. So frustrating to just deal with our insurance. Um, yada, yada, yada. And we're referring to this person as an uninsured motorist because we have been dealing with the insurance so much. <laughs> yes. Um, and you learn a lot about uh, how useless your insurance you actually learn can be. A lot, yeah. We're gonna have to. We're gonna. We're thinking about that, and we are gonna touch on that in a future episode. I think. Yeah. Anyway, then traveled to Austin. When we get home, we had no AC in the car, none yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So another trip to the dealership. Um, they. Oh, and quickly though. Yes. So you got hit uh-huh. by someone who turned out to be an extremely irresponsible also uninsured uh-huh. motorist and we basically had to park the car because i was like right before we were going right. on the trip and so we didn't it's not like we got it fixed or anything beforehand mm-hmm. but it was minimal damage enough that it was drivable and all that kind of yeah. thing so we didn't quite know what the extent of the damage was yet mm-hmm. we just knew that we could drive it nothing was leaking so we're okay right. and then we went on our trip go ahead yeah so anyway we get back i go to run errands after we get back zero ac mm-hmm. oh so put out because of course it's hot i'm thinking i'm gonna take care of all these errands since we just got back in town and now not only in driving around this super hot car and it's you know 115 outside <laughs> but then i'm also uh okay now we have to deal with putting the car in the shop and it's and also be randomly the cd player is dead yeah. Why did you say that funny? CD player. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I like to put the emphasis in just random spots. Anyway, yes. So the CD player and the AC totally out. But then of course they, you know, say that there's no way they could be related to the accident. So, or that they could prove that they're related right. to the accident. So we're totally on our own for that. Anyway, the AC ended up costing fourteen hundred dollars. That's after considerable negotiation. They wanted to charge us like seventeen, eighteen hundred yes. at first. Um, and that was because not only did they have to do the Freon and everything else, there was a component that had to be replaced, which itself was a few hundred bucks, but the Prius, like you have to go in through the dash you have to take off the dash and do this complicated thing. We checked with multiple garages and that was just how it had to be. Everybody's going to charge us over a thousand. It was so expensive. (sighs) Yeah. So frustrating. Then fast forward a week or so. Uh and. And I had shared this, I shared this story on the Girl Next Door podcast, so anyone who's listening over there will know. But randomly, in the middle of the night, on a Saturday night, I mean, all we can figure out is that it must have been a large bird hit our bathroom window and shattered it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're asleep and there was just a, a massive bang. I thought an appliance blew up, either inside or outside the house. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, I guess I felt like someone, well, I guess I thought right. I felt like someone hit our house. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so we hear this bang and I say, did you, did you hear that? You know, and you had, because when things like that happen, I like, I don't freak out in the middle of the night, but I'm immediately, you know, stalking right. our house trying to figure well, out well and it's like what you're like was i just dreaming you're so out of it you yeah know, and trying it was to just, figure out if it was free real yeah and it was like one bang and so you couldn't quite tell was right. it in a dream in real life so i walked all around the house could could find nothing the kids were fine nothing's going on and so we had no clue and and we came back into the room and we heard we heard like what sounded like pitter patter on the window mm-hmm. um and so i think both in the, in the back of both of our minds was there's some some crazy water main explosion occurred near our house or something. And there's mm-hmm. like water mm-hmm. shooting. Um, so we went out, I grabbed a flashlight, went out to the backyard and 
oh, that's when we realized. First, you thought it was rain. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we went in the backyard and we're like, wait a minute, there's no it's rain not here. not raining. <laughs> that's when we're like, okay. Right. I thought it was some water main, but then I was like, I don't think we have any water pipes above our window. <laughs> it was yeah. so confusing. So I ran around, went around the side and what it turned out to be was the, you know, the crackles of the glass slowly expanding right. in the entire a, pane. Right, because it's the bathroom glass, so it's tempered. So that means, you know, it's all cracked, but it, it was staying all together. Yeah. And it was just, we had a double pane window, so it's just the outer pane. Luckily, the inner pane was still fine. And there was no, I mean, it was like one thirty in the morning. There's no I don't evidence know why there would be. of anything like a, that happened. Yeah, like a rock or a base. I don't know why anybody would be throwing a baseball at one thirty right. in the morning. But there's or a nothing, bird. Yeah. Or a feather. But anything. It, it had to be like the bald eagle I saw many weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> or That's something. Right. It came to visit. <laughs> I mean, because there's a, there's a, you know, five inch wide impact spot, you know, and the, the whole, it's like a four foot by, I don't know, three and a half by four and a half foot window, single, you know, one large pane. It's not like it's a yeah. sliding window. I mean, the whole thing was destroyed. Yeah. But anyway, it's crazy. So, yeah. So we had bird shattered the window, uninsured motorists hit our car, AC broken down um, twice in mm-hmm. the hottest month of the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now we have a small underground fountain in our backyard. There's a, a leak in our sprinkler system that is slowly oh. pooling in our backyard. And so we got to get that dealt with. So it's been um, one hell of a summer. It's just crazy. It's just so frustrating how it's just always something. Yeah, it really is. My my parents always joke, you know, don't talk about money around the appliances. I know, it's so true. It, it really is. Um, okay, so let, let's talk about uh, kind of like breaking down your job and how that is impacting us financially and maybe talk a little bit about... Um, how we made the decision for you to take it because it was a choice that we that we made. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. So actually, it's on the plus side financially <clears throat> from the summer is this job is a pretty big deal to us, and and we hope it'll be a good job and I'll enjoy it, and also that I'll have the chance to continue doing some it or something like it um, because financially it is pretty rewarding. Mm-hmm. So. We we talk about our finances totally explicitly on the podcast. That's kind of the point of it. So I make for a nine-month contract, because I'm a, a professor, uh, a little over $87,000. Mm-hmm. This job as an administrative appointment gives me a stipend on top of that. And so it's not a raise. If I stop doing the admin thing, that stipend goes away. Um, but it turns out to be uh, for about $14,500 in stipend money across the year. Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty big, at least Mm -hmm. temporary raise. And the other thing is because it's administrative, it moves me from nine months to 12 months. Mm -hmm. So it pays out my summer for me, which is about a third of my total pay. So Mm -hmm. that's another like Mm -hmm. $28,000. Because in previous years, you usually get paid in the summer because you're teaching and doing research, but it's not always guaranteed. We don't count on that money when we're setting up our budget looking ahead for the year and some, t- and yeah. you, and you don't always make as much as you could possibly make. In fact, I've never made as much mm-hmm. as I could possibly make. If mm-hmm. it, you could, you know, you can max it out if you have all of your quote unquote effort mm-hmm. covered for the summer. And I always have 50%, 60% mm-hmm. of it, but never a hundred percent. So because of the, the realities of this job, they, they pay out the 12 months. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm going to get paid about $130,000 this year, mm-hmm. which is, significant you know significant yep um so that's a big deal so that but because previously our combined income was about 140 mm -hmm, 140 145 something like that so um 
But we still had to think long and hard about it. In fact, the way this all played out is I got a call from a colleague of mine who was at the time the interim director. And he was asking me, well, he had sent me an email and said, I want to talk to you about your career goals. Um, And we were kind of wondering what it might be. Mm -hmm. And because there's leadership change happening in our college and school, we sort of thought, okay, maybe some kind of admin thing will come along. We didn't think it'd be this, but Mm -hmm. we figured it'd be something. And with admin, because, um, you know, I'd have to be working in the summer and there's a lot more of that day to day, kind of like more the eight to five expectation. You know, what is the thing you sacrifice? Well, the lifestyle of a professor is total flexibility. Like you still, obviously just like any other job you have to produce and there's lots and lots of pressure. It's not really any different except that you're your, your own driver of productivity. Mm -hmm. And as long as you meet standards, then you're good. Um, This would mean more like being at a desk, more being in meetings, more all of that stuff. And that's a big deal because we care about our lifestyle. We care Mm -hmm. about the flexibility that's built in spending Mm -hmm. time with family, being able to be there for things, all Mm -hmm. of that stuff. So when we first talked about it, we're like, I don't see any way that I take mm-hmm. any kind of admin job. I, there's nothing mm-hmm. anybody could say to mm-hmm. convince me to give up the flexibility. And that was our first conversation. Then I had the call with the director and we had a pretty explicit discussion about all of it. Um, and he actually convinced me that the the flexibility wouldn't necessarily go away. Mm-hmm. It, you know, I would sacrifice some of that, but... Um, Still, I would have the ability to to be doing my own work, my own kind of research and teaching and other things that I do on campus and mm-hmm. have that ability. So, yeah, you and I sat down and we talked about it and really kind of weighed the benefits and detriments of that. What, what did you think when we were talking about it? Um, yeah, you know, ultimately... It was. It's very important to me that you are very happy and fulfilled at your job, Thank and you. so, um, you know, I was just really concerned about that aspect of it. I guess you know, and and since you haven't actually, I mean, nearly, you've never had a job outside of academia, mm-hmm. uh, which is crazy. Like a career <laughs> job. I mean, I've you know, right. I was a bag boy. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> But just since you've had your whole career in that, I guess I was kind of concerned about then going to having to take vacation days for when you wanted to take off instead of kind of having that built-in flexibility, not having your summertime off, because I know you really look forward to that. So, you know, just really talking about that and really thinking that through. But it did seem that just the more you learned about it, that there was still going to be some retained flexibility, um, that, you know, it seemed like seemed like it was going to be a really good match. Yeah. And we also thought, I think, because it's interim mm-hmm. and it won't, it won't really be, be up to me unless they offer it to me. It won't be mm-hmm. up to me whether I keep the job or not. It's going to just be circumstances of the reorganization that is coming in the college and all that stuff. But we also kind of thought it's like a, a safe way to test it out. It's, it's a feather in the cap because it's very significant leadership. Um, there's good pay associated with it. And then it might just be for the year. In which case, you know, we can bank a whole bunch of money. Mm-hmm. And then if it's sort of taken away, then we go back to our life as normal. All mm-hmm. the flexibility comes back and, hey, we just put in a year to try to make a bunch of extra more money. Right. So so we decided to go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so I started on July 31st. Um, and yeah, it's worked out so far. So, I mean, actually, I do really love the types of responsibilities that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and people seem to be people seem to have thought that I would be good at, at 
administrative work. I've heard it from multiple people that, oh yeah, I think you'll be good at that. Mm So hopefully that'll be true. You're very, what I have always felt about you since I've, like I've known you and gotten to see you working at ASU. You are so utterly professional and it's surprising to me that people that people can lack professionalism. I'm always <laughs> just taken aback and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, by that. And so you're excellent at that. And Thank you're you. also just so good at being so fair. I think of like stepping back away from it, not getting involved, like in politics and feelings and all that stuff. I mean, you're able to understand, like see where other people are coming from and, and like understand that. And then I think, like what you kind of need from someone who's a leader, then whichever way you're going to decide to go present that, but taking into account that some people might feel differently and kind of able to get everyone on board or at least communicate it in a way that it's not, um, you know, taking size that mm-hmm. it's just very objective. And so, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. We'll, I mean, we'll see how that goes. I, I do try to do those things, but you mm-hmm. know, I'm sure in this role, I'm going to be tested with, mm-hmm weird situations and things. So, but that'll be, I mean, that's the point of it, right? That'll be fun. Um, but now that, I mean, the big question is what are we going to do with whatever money is retained after fixing all the stuff? Yes. So, um, what we've come up with, we actually had already been thinking that this year we'd started setting some savings aside in a little short term, just savings account. We really want to convert our front yard from grass to gravel, zero escape and not need very much water out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping to have about $4,000 to do that by yeah. this coming spring. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, aside from the yard work, we'll, we'll have some travel. Mm-hmm. There's a family reunion that's probably coming up. Yep. Um, there will be a trip to Austin, I'm sure in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll have a trip with some friends coming that's right. up. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, and there may be a couple other things along the way. So we know we're committing some money to travel. We know we're committing some money to the yard. Yep. We are being forced to commit money to repairs of various kinds. Right. And so beyond all that, whatever is left, all the extra, it's not like we're going to go out and buy anything. We're, we're going to basically just throw it into yeah. Vanguard. Yeah. And so the hope is that it, at least to some extent, accelerates our, our savings, mm-hmm. you know, maybe kind of gets us plan. back on track since we're a little behind of where we'd hope to be. Yep. Okay, so let's move on. We've got an article club for you guys. Um, We are going to still occasionally share article club, occasionally a listener question, occasionally a tools you can use. That's going to kind of be what this segment is going to be about. Okay, the title in the Boston Globe is Today's Families Are Prisoners of Their Own Clutter. And since, of course, we have embarked on kind of having a minimalist household, this title just really caught my eye and I immediately read it. Um, the, the conclusion in the Boston Globe was that American families are overwhelmed by clutter, too busy to go in their own backyards, rarely eat dinner together, even though they claim family meals as a goal and can't park their cars in the garage because they've cram- they're crammed with non-vehicular stuff. So yeah, that's so, just crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, but although it's it's not like it's news, right? Like right. Are, it's no, it's not news. Just when you see it summed mm-hmm. in that like in that way is mm-hmm. just 
wow, this is, it makes it feel like it's an epidemic. Yeah. And it, I, well, yeah, and it totally I is. Yes, it is. Uh, so it was a team of social scientists from US or UCLA, and they looked at 32, and these were middle-class American mm-hmm. families, so 32 families, and they followed them for like four years. Um, and they were, they were taking pictures, they were documenting where they spent their time and how much they had tracking devices on mm-hmm. them at all times. They even took saliva samples to, mm-hmm. to check cortisol levels, which is a stress hormone, so to find out how stressed people were at different times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, just, just what you said. So they over time, people would improve their backyards and put in decks or update their decks and then never spend any time on them. Um, they were, they had pictures of pantries and garages and like toy rooms, you know, cause people have toy rooms <laughs> and mm-hmm. have just all the stuff that's out and they do all the things you expect a family to do. They rely on convenience foods. They're never outside. In fact, they said in the article noted that 50 of 64 parents in the study never stepped outside in the course of about a week. <laughs> that's crazy. So like, from their houses to their cars, from their cars yeah, to like whatever. Yeah, quality time outside. Right. And that managing the volume of possessions is such a crushing problem in many homes that it elevates the level of stress hormones for the mothers. Hmm. So just... And I, that's interesting too because I've had conversations with other moms and women about this. And so I don't know if this is necessarily necessarily a female trait, but I feel so affected by my environment. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a male, female thing or just a different personality, but I definitely feel so affected by my environment. And I prefer having almost a pretty extreme minimalist environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even just thinking back before we minimized our stuff, I think it was just kind of there in the background, a little low level of stress for me. That was mm-hmm. kind of, oh, it's kind of a little bit too much. So, I mean, yeah, then if you have these piles of things, and for me, I even, if I know that a closet is, would just, is just like full of crap or like I need to deal with it, I, even mm-hmm. if the door is closed and I couldn't see it, I would still be carrying that stress. So I can totally see how that would that would be a factor. And I think this stuff just builds up over time. Like mm-hmm. closets get that way. Yes. I mean, your closet may be organized with all the stuff, but the stuff is in there. And eventually right. you run out of closets, mm-hmm. you run out of garage, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden you've got to deal with it somehow if the stuff keeps accruing. And I think that's where so many people just find themselves mm-hmm. without, without certainly not, you know, trying to be that way, but that's, yeah. that's kind of how it ends up. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting article. It just offers some perspective mm-hmm. and, um, it's kind of why we did the minima. That, mm-hmm. That's what we called it. Minima one, two, and this summer we did minima three. <laughs> yeah, another another one. So yeah. yeah, it's been just reading this. I have been thinking more recently that it is about three years exactly when we embarked on this household minimization that was kicked off by I was pregnant. We knew we needed to clear out a bedroom that had just accumulated stuff. And I mean, mm-hmm. we weren't like hoarding stuff. It was just the room where we put stuff because we weren't quite ready to get rid of it, but, or stuff that we just weren't ready to deal with. You know, we were busy. Mm-hmm. We had a baby, um, already. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that just kind of kicked it off and we just, I don't know, just kind of got momentum. It was so satisfying and just went through the whole house. And since then, it's been about every every six months, I feel like we kind of get this itch to, okay, we've kind of let some stuff accumulate. Let's go through the boys' toys again. Let's go through our closets again. And yeah, it just feels like every time it's easier, first of all, because we have less stuff. 
you know, we're mm-hmm. not dealing with that legacy stuff, which mm-hmm. tends yeah. to be more That's emotional. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Legacy stuff. <laughs> It tends to be more emotional and whatnot. Now we're more dealing with stuff that's more likely we have acquired in the past one or two years. We don't have as much sentimental attachment to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was just thinking how we are really starting to reap the benefits of of all of that. I just, I love how efficiently our household runs, how easy it is to clean mm-hmm. and put back together, even when... I mean, earlier today, it felt like our house was a disaster. Mm -hmm. There were toys everywhere. I was cooking. I had tons of stuff out in the kitchen. We were doing laundry. But because we don't have that much stuff, because the boys really don't have that many toys, Mm -hmm. it's you put those away and the house is kind of all back together. Yeah, that's the practical example. So I think if there's like the toys is a good one. So if there's lots of toys around... Mm the mess kind of can build up. And then it's like, okay, now we have to plan. It's like an event to go and mm-hmm. clean the, and organize all that stuff. Mm-hmm. For us, thankfully, because we've gone through this process, when it seems like a disaster, it literally, I mean, literally is five minutes. Mm-hmm. You just kind of run around, put their dolls in a basket and the cars in a box, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's literally it. It's because yeah. of just a few things that are out. You actually kind of thought through what, what toys they actually have, didn't you? Yeah, because recently... We had out some Duplo building blocks for Mm -hmm. just a long time and they did play with them, but Mm -hmm. it was kind of getting to the point where one of their favorite things was just to get the basket of it and dump it all out. And then, you know, I think it just, it'd been out for a while. They were kind of bored with it. They weren't playing with it as much. And I was just so frustrated one morning that I just was like, okay, I'm just putting these away. So I put them away in the office and that left out, they have a a box of Hot Wheels that are your Hot Wheels. Yeah, 30, um, that, 35-year-old Hot Wheels. That you used to play with. And they have a couple of trucks to push around. Um, we have a little toy tool set, which actually has not been as active lately. And they are never bored. Yeah. Never. We play all day. And I, and I have noticed more now, I think. And I think it's just also their age as well. They just love playing pretend. Mm -hmm. We're saber-toothed tigers. We're horses. We're wolves. They're very much into like rotating through. They love to play these PJ Masks characters, which Dash has seen like two episodes, and that's all he needs to play PJ Masks all the time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And dinosaurs. And anyway, it's a blessing to open up space in your house. Mm -hmm. And one of my theories is the more stuff you get rid of, the more you realize whatever small space you may be in, if you're in a small space, is actually more room than you probably mm-hmm. need. <laughs> I've, I've felt that if, as we've gotten rid of stuff. Our house has definitely felt bigger and just like plenty, plenty of space. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Let's move on to our last segment. Love notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to close out the show every every um, episode with love notes. This uh, might be something related to our relationship, something we're appreciating about each other, or I don't know. We'll we'll see how we'll see how this section goes. Maybe it'll end up being something broader. So mm-hmm. you kick it off. Well, I think I'll extend the toy thing because we're on the same page with that, and mm-hmm. I could see how it could be a really difficult thing to deal with if we didn't kind of agree yeah. on the philosophy of it. Yes, and I'm so glad, but. The, the thing that I've learned with as we've minimized this stuff and kind of got rid, rid of all the excess, especially with toys and things, what actually is the case, the kids are so imaginative, they play so much, they actually have a $200,000 toy and it's the house. 
<laughs> because so they're not running around constantly with toys in their hands and playing with those sets of things, but instead they're playing with each other. They're being dinosaurs or saber tooth tigers or something. They mm-hmm. run into their rooms. They're, those are their caves. So they're right. constantly turning off the lights and they're being caves in there. And then they'll run up and be like, you know, we have to throw this or that like doll into the prison and, right. and their closets are their prisons. Uh-huh. And then they run out into the backyard and they're doing things out there. And yeah. so the house itself mm-hmm. is a hugely expensive toy. Uh-huh. <laughs> And what more does any child need than just space to run around and just pretend right. things? Yeah. Um, not that you should deprive your kid of toys, but just that that's not like the the foundation of their creativity. Mm-hmm. You know, the space around them, I think, mm-hmm. actually is. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I've not had any problem not having many toys out for our kids at mm-hmm. all. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm just appreciative that we are on the same page about it. Oh, good. I am too. That definitely makes it so much easier. Um, okay. So my, I have, I have a love note for you and that is there have been a couple of times in the past couple of weeks, I have been, I've been really busy at work. I just had two big deadlines at work. So just kind of leading up to that. And, you know, I'm, I've still been producing and recording the girl next door podcast every other week and just have had you know, I don't know, just I feel like still pretty full busy life. And I've just kind of had some days where I've been kind of stressed out, or maybe the boys are kind of being more demanding. And I really appreciate that you have recognized that. And instead of, you know, I think there have been times where you've been kind of busy or stressed out too. And Mm -hmm. instead of, it would be easy. It's easy in those times to just feel like, oh, I don't have the bandwidth to kind of deal with someone else's stress. I'm stressed out right now. Mm -hmm. But you've just said something like, you know, this is just, you know, a busy day or yeah, the boys were kind of a handful today or something. But what about if this weekend you could take a couple hours and go get some writing done or whatever? And I just really appreciate that you have stepped back to give me that perspective, the perspective, but then also offer a solution And for me, knowing that I could have just some time to myself, I think also I just, I get so drained. I am an introvert and I just need that time just to myself where I can spend a good chunk of time however I want and just quiet and, Mm -hmm. you know, just even (laughs) knowing that I'm going to get that time or that I could take it if I wanted it Mm -hmm. just means so much and kind of just calms me down. So I really appreciate that you've done that. Good. I'm glad. We all need some some space, especially mm-hmm. when the boys are wild. Mm-hmm. Anybody who has two little boys knows what we're talking about. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I think that's a wrap. That's a wrap. So thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Instagram in between shows. And let's see, I am Kels Wharton. What's your name lately? Still the same? Still practically awesome, Chris, but changes are probably coming. Okay. Um, we would so appreciate it if you would tell a friend about the show or leave us a review on iTunes. You can find the show notes for this episode and all of our past episodes at loveandmatrimony.com and send an email our way at heymatrimony.com. So let your kids play with the space they're in and remember to love your honey, not your money. There was a point I was going to make there. Don't eat your microphone. What's your status? I don't know. (laughs) How do you feel right now? Um...
just feel like I'm hanging in there. You talk about your bra. <laughs> <laughs>